Hello and welcome to the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And I forgot to say the episode number. It's 192. Yeah, well, when you start getting up there... <laughs> yeah, you lose track. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a lot, of talk, lot to talk about on this episode. Uh, for, where main review is going to be Hacksaw Ridge, the first Best Picture nominee... Uh, coming up at the Oscars that we'll be able to talk about on the main review. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. And in honor of the comeback kid, Mel Gibson, we're going to count down our top five Mel Gibson movies. And that is both either way, acted or directed, whatever floats your boat. We're also going to yeah. talk about what else we watched and what else we played. It's a little video game talk in this episode as well as some news, Super Bowl commercials, just a lot to get to, but speaking of Super Bowl commercials, what did you think of the Super Bowl itself? Did you it watch was, any of it? Well, I was working, so I was, like, watching, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time, like, uh, committing myself to football when I have to work. Because I like to, like, sit down and enjoy it when I'm, like, working. I can't, like, pay full attention. Oh, yeah. So I, like, follow it, but, but yeah, crazy Super Bowl. I sort of, I don't want to sound like that guy. <laughs> yeah. But when it was halfway through and they were up, I was sort of like thinking about the first off the Ravens Super Bowl. Yep. And the fact that it was the Patriots. I was like, let's just be a close game at the end. Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was actually going to say something very similar. Like, I'm not saying that I predicted it or I knew it was going to happen, but I just had this feeling like, when it was, they were getting blown out so bad, I was like, "This they're going to make it interesting somehow. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, of course anyone says that, and then most of the time it's not true. But it just felt like, even though the lead was 25 points, it just had something in the back of my head saying, let's not turn it off yet. Yeah, it's... I do think it's kind of weird how many storybook finishes the NFL has. Like, I'm not by any means trying to say it was fixed, but it's just like, it's weird how often it happens. Yeah, it's very weird. And just 2016 alone, well, I guess this would have to count towards 2016 because the season started in 2016, but every championship in the major sports, uh, let's see, the NBA, Cleveland comes back epically from a 3-1 to deficit, baseball, the Cubs come back from 3-1 to one to win their first World Series in 100 and some years. Uh, what was it? College basketball, Villanova wins on a buzzer oh, yeah. beater three. College football, there was like the last second play to win the game. Oh, and I guess technically like the Premier League, like Leicester City. Yeah. Like, one of the biggest upsets ever. Yeah. Probably this, in sports uh, history. Like, like the Premier League, they've only had like four or five winners ever. Yeah. Of the season. Just crazy. Like, for as bad as everyone was saying how, you know, how bad 2016 go away, like, if you're a sports fan, it's like the best year ever. Unquestionably. Or at least in many people's lifetimes, bare minimum. When it comes to uh, championship caliber stuff. But, yeah, it was a good Super Bowl. I heard this on another podcast, and it's absolutely true. Like, if you think about it, a great Super Bowl, you think, is a close game that's back and forth down to the wire. And if the even if 
it was an incredible comeback. Like, it would still be boring until that started to happen. But not when it's the Patriots getting blown out. Like, you're reveling in that. You're loving it. Yeah. Unless you're a Patriots fan. And then the comeback on top of it. So it was exciting the whole way. Pretty good stuff. I was reading an article about how, like... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot the mic direction. <laughs> I was reading an article about how, like, even though all these records are set in a storybook, they have no one's happy for New England, pretty much. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's fuck the Patriots, but... You can't deny the greatness of Brady and Belichick. It's just no, unbelievable. No, absolutely not. They're they're first ballot Hall of Famers, but I do still think they did cheat. Like, oh yeah, proven multiple times. You can't. I don't think you can take that away. Because I don't know. Me personally, I like disagree with most of that stuff. Most people like, are trying. If you, if anyone could cheat and get away with it, they would. Everyone's yeah. trying to cheat, and just because you're "quote unquote" cheating doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win. But I hate, like, especially like when you see with like the Heisman and shit like that. Like, they'll do like six years later, like, oh, this guy got, I don't know, like his car payment taken care of. Give us your trophy back. Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, that really determined the outcome of the game. Yeah, more stuff like that, like. Big stuff I can kind of understand, but at the same time, it's like it's fucked for the records either way. Because yeah. what do you just forfeit the game years afterwards? Give it to the other team, then all of a sudden they have a trophy. They're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I DVR'd that game. I don't remember it going that way. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Enough football. This is a movie podcast. <laughs> Let's get to. Our review of Hacksaw Ridge, which got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Has, I want to say, six nominees at the Oscars. Um, let's see. Best Picture, Best Director, both Best Sound categories, and I th- and Andrew Garfield was uh, nominated for Best Actor. Wow. Um, so, that, yeah. Um, got a lot of love. This is a good movie, but that, that surprises me. It's way more than it deserves, in my opinion. Yeah. Not to spoil my thoughts on the movie, but uh, yeah. But uh, the plot synopsis is World War II American Army medic Desmond T. Doss, who served during the Battle of Okinawa, refuses to kill people and becomes the first man in American history to receive the Medal of Honor without firing a single shot. So the story itself, made for Hollywood, made for a movie, right? Like, Yeah, incredible true story. Yeah. Uh, just too good to be true uh he's such a good person everything about it is like this should be a great movie can i say this about the character though like i don't mean this terribly literally but he's almost so perfect i had a hard time liking him for a little bit yes that is like i still (laughs) felt bad for him but certainly an issue i had with the movie he is a complete martyr (laughs) no faults whatsoever yeah. Um, perfect human being. Yeah, that's... You can still... Little American sniper. Yeah. I thought of. You can make, not as bad. You can still make him a hero and not make him, like, the next coming, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, my, as far as expectations go, I had heard that the first half is weak, second half is strong, 
And in the end, it's a good movie. Obviously, the Oscar nominations indicates this should be good. I went in with, like, middle-of-the-road expectations. I, I thought it would be good. I didn't expect it to love it. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I, I got to say this movie pretty much lived up to the expectations I had. I okay. thought it was going to be kind of above average but I just I just didn't have the feeling that it was going to be a, a great movie. And I was pretty on the money with that, I felt like. Yeah. For me, this movie, I didn't like it very much, actually. And actually, I came away from it thinking, yeah, that was okay. That was a decent movie. But the more I thought about it, and as time has gone on, it like has left no impact with me. And... Uh, no lasting impression. I just the more I think about it, the less I like it. But it's yeah. not it's not terrible by any means. Uh, at least the second half is. And I do agree with the people that said the first half is bad. I think it's worse than bad. I think it's complete yeah, they garbage. They spent way too much time. They could have just made this a shorter movie, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Skip through a lot of the garbage. But it's not even just the content. It's the execution. It felt like a lifetime or a hallmark channel tv movie like how you know now that i'm thinking about it it's like why did they spend so much time establishing the girl yep (laughs) that was another nerd i had she has nothing to do with the end until they're like oh they got married when he got back like yeah that could have been an assumption essentially yeah especially like if you watch any world war ii movies they're all talk they're either married or talking about going home and marrying a girl Mm -hmm. my notes are the love interest, completely rushed. Is this even necessary? Because, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's rushed, but in the long run, it's like, why is that much screen time? Yeah, to it? it's a blip on the radar. Barely, like, it doesn't. I never felt like it meant anything. I mean, obviously, to the character, it did, but as far as the audience connecting with that story, the love story, that's yeah, like nothing. The first time he meets her, that's like two whole minutes of him just like staring before they even really <laughs> talk about nothing yeah yeah it doesn't like you don't see sparks flying yeah on screen but, and on the other end like the family stuff while i thought it was poorly done like bad dialogue so corny cheesy that felt rushed too and i actually thought that deserved more time because the stuff with his dad, I thought, was the most interesting part of the family drama. Um, yeah. Like, I feel definitely. like that, that could have been explored that more. That was cool, actually. Why he was so against him, them going to the war and why his issue was, why he was so messed up. Like, Yeah, that was far more interesting. Yeah. I would have liked to seen more of that relationship and digging in, but at the same time, maybe I wouldn't because it was so poorly done. Like, that could have just been more. Or, like... His dad was alive when he... Oh, like, spoiler alert, he makes it back. (laughs) Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, there's no spoilers, really. But, like, it would have been cool to see his dad when he got back. Maybe if he was alive when he actually got the Medal of Honor. Like, that would have been a cooler conclusion for me. Like, the personal life stuff. Yeah, definitely. But, um... Go ahead. uh, No, go. You go. I was just thinking, like, if a different director, like, was in charge of this, I feel like maybe 
at least the first half would have been much better. Yeah, the second and half. I, have I think some it's in good hands. about the second half too. Yeah, I do too. Actually, although like the battle scenes were pretty cool, like they were gritty and realistic. Like he used too many like stylish, um, like cinematic things. Like uh, like there's a part where a line of Marines and a line of Japanese soldiers are like going hand to hand, and he like has the camera come back. And they're all like perfectly. It reminds me of like um, when you see one of those ancient movies, like Romans, and they collide. Yeah. And it's just like a perfect like wave. I don't know. Like he kept doing little things like that that would take me out of the. Um, uh, I don't know. Escaping. Completely the, um, agree. I completely agree. Like even I do think that the war stuff is well done, and and it does like. It gives you the sense of the anxiety someone would have in that situation because they seem completely overwhelmed and I actually like that part of it a lot. But it's also really over the top as far as like... Yeah, uh, like him picking up the um, the Marine who's like cut in half and using <laughs> him as a shield. Yeah. One-handing a machine gun. And there's like slow motion bodies flying in the air one after the other with blood just like tarantino style gushing everywhere it, don't get me wrong like i think if someone did a world war ii movie that had style to it not like quite as far as tarantino had but like actually did battles like that could work for me but you would have to commit to that and make it that yeah and that's not what this was like exactly and he just every so often kind of like really went over the top and took me out of the fact that this was like a real battle or, yeah yeah, the realism was lost because it seemed like he was going for that at some points, and then at others, it's like, if yeah, pick a different like one style. Yeah, especially when it's a true story and it's not like like for instance, Braveheart. That was long enough ago that you have plenty of leeway with you know the way you tell things or present things. Yeah, I think it is a little harder since World War Two is fairly recent. Just imagine, all right. Christopher Nolan has his war movie coming out this year, Dunkirk. Imagine yeah. his aesthetic, his direction style with this story. I think it, I mean, it's going to improve leaps and bounds probably. Because oh, yeah, his, sure. his biggest fault is most of his movies, there's no humor. You know, it's more bleak and, and that would kind of suit this film. Um, but anyway, that's, you've got to review what's in front of you. So Yeah, and, I don't totally knock him as a director in this. No, he's thing. got skills. I just, it is pretty good. It's just he kind of, I don't know. And the reason I was going to say the whole reason I said this is above average, it's an above average average movie, and I just say that because the production quality on the movie is great for the most part. Yeah, that's. And fair. I was going to say something about the acting, but to be honest, I don't think it's necessarily the acting. It's um. I think the dialogue is more stiff than anything. Yeah, I think the script is really weak, at least in a lot of parts. And it's uh, the direction as far as the family like, drama. I felt like Vince Vaughn could have been great, but I really don't feel like it was totally his fault. I felt like it was direction and really weak lines. 
I actually thought Vince Vaughn was pretty good. His no, that's what I mean. I like him, but I thought his he could have really had like a great one. But yeah, I thought his yeah. lines were kind of stiff and yeah, that's what? true. But that was probably my favorite part of the movie was when he gets to the barracks and the training and stuff, like the in between the family drama and the all that war stuff. That was probably my favorite stuff, and that still wasn't like amazing or anything. I. I will say this about the whole training part. I did like the gradual respect that people had for him. Like certain people a little quicker than others. Yeah. Like for the, the punishment thought, he took. I thought that was pretty well done. And it like certain actions, you could see people, like you said, slowly gaining respect for him. And then the, the one guy who he's like the last one to really yeah. respect him. And then they're in that situation together. Yeah, I thought that was pretty well done. The uh, and by the way, it really fucked up what they did to him. Just about to go get married and told him he had to like show his gun proficiency before he got cleared and arrested him and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I not, wonder if that's true because if that's true, that's fucked up. Yeah, not very nice. <laughs> but then it's also pretty bad scene when the dad has to come into the courtroom and and whatever decry yeah. that this is not legal like that wasn't a great scene either no but, it was pretty it should have been better than what it was yeah but. Uh, another thing is like this is the movie that gets Mel Gibson back in the good graces of Hollywood like yeah it's kind of weird it's like alright I don't know like I, I understand feel like people are dying to like this movie <laughs> yeah exactly like preconceived notion of alright he's been banned for 10 years or so I don't I I understand separating the art from the ar artist and and the work on the screen is what should really tell the tale blah 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 but man how quickly they forget yeah it's like, it's almost like you can't talk bad about it and I don't mean that literally I don't think it's like that it's yeah, yeah. Or whatever, but. I, I think it's almost like I think some people have watched this movie and thought it was average, but I've heard so many other people give it accolades that they. I think it all it all comes there. down to do you buy into the first half, where I feel like it's like a Hallmark Channel movie. If you buy that, if you buy into that, then you're probably going to love the movie because it only is going to get better from there. It's a shame because I felt like I could have almost liked the first half it was arranged a little bit better and yeah know, like not so hallmarky that's what i'm saying like that's what i mean like another director i feel like this was made to be knocked out of the park like a steven spielberg the guy that made bridge of spies true you know it's right there but i don't know a lot of people like it so who am i to say that it's not worthy i don't know yeah but yeah, yeah i don't know i think that's all i got that's all i got too Really, I watched it maybe three weeks ago and haven't thought about it once until we talked about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just like it was in one eye and out the other. Well, but, okay, I will say one other positive thing for it. All right. It was nominated for the sound categories and deserved. I mean, yeah. the sounds of war, the bullets, all that stuff, was it was good. 
It was really well made. Yeah, the, the special effects were actually fairly good when they weren't going totally over the top. Yeah, on a technical level, it's well made. Yeah. Like, I do think Mel Gibson has skills. He's directed other movies that I've liked more than this. And again, that's why I call it, like, you know, I had to reword it, but an above average, average movie. Yeah. Because it's an average movie with pretty great production quality. So, yeah. What would, what would you give it out of 10? Hmm. It always seems harsh, but I'd give it a strong six and a half. Okay. I almost wanted to give it a seven. But I don't know. I don't think I liked it that much. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's definitely worth watching, though. Put it on your watch list, whatever. You might actually love this movie. It's apparently a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, and it's also good to, to... I think it's good to watch the Best Picture nominees at least if you can see them before the ceremony just to have a yeah i can't see this reference no if it wins that's a complete travesty worst win of all time yeah i mean that might be extreme but there's just so much more deserving uh movies actually this is my i've seen all nine this is my least favorite of the nine i was gonna say and maybe it's also because we're in the swing of watching all the the big contenders right now (laughs) yeah and also, you got to think, this is a scale of 10. Six and a half is pretty good. Yeah. Better than I'm giving it. I'm saying a light six out of 10. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like I said, it's not terrible, but it's to me, it's more bad than good. I dig that. Yeah. But let's talk about some good Mel Gibson movies. All right. Um He's a guy, he's directed, he doesn't direct a ton of movies, but he's, I think, three or four he's been behind the camera for, and, uh... Braveheart. That's crazy, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I know, you would, unless, yeah, unless you knew it already, you wouldn't assume that he directed that, but... uh, And he's also, obviously, a pretty good actor when it comes to action movies, like, he's, he was the man in the early 90s, at the very least. Yeah. So... Late 80s, early 90s, I guess. Yeah, 80s, 90s, action star. And uh, the wheels fell off at some point, but let's talk about the good times. What's your okay. What's your number five? My number five I gave to the Lethal Weapon franchise. Because I I couldn't tell you at this point which one. <laughs> which one which. is which? I really couldn't. Like They weren't like really my thing. I kind of got on them like, a little bit later, maybe like, you know, blockbuster years and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, how like USA or Comedy Center, they always said certain movies they played every damn day for... Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they were those types of movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much classic action comedy movies or action movies that are kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, what's it, Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty iconic. So, I haven't watched them in a while. I'd imagine they're pretty cheesy looking back, but if I remember correctly, they're fairly solid watches. I mean, I wouldn't go in with super high expectations, but... (laughs) Yeah, especially later on in the series. Yeah, and, like, it's good, like, background movie, at least. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's worthy of watching, but, like, you can do other shit. Yeah, but my number five is a weird movie 
that maybe not a lot of people have seen, but it's uh, The Beaver. Have you seen it? No, I saw this on uh, IMDb. <laughs> it's a story. Uh, hold on. Who is it? Uh, Jody. Uh, fuck. An actress who is also a director. Now, it's, it's incredible that I can't remember her name. Uh, she was the be- in Elysium. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Anyway, she directed The Beaver, which is a story of a depressed man who starts to go crazy and believe that a hand puppet of a beaver is alive and talking to him. <laughs> and uh, basically how the family around him... Just a family drama, basically. And the late Anton Yelchin is in it as his son. And it's actually a surprisingly decent movie. Oh, yeah. It's what I was going to guess. It is Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yes, yes. Shame. Shame. I kept wanting to say uh, Jodie Sweeten, but that's uh, Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Oh, close. (laughs) Very close. (laughs) But yeah. I have uh, no room to talk because I'm horrible. (laughs) So... (laughs) I always am proud of my great memory, but when it comes to names on this podcast, at least, it never works out for me. Um, but anyway, it's a dark comedy. It's better, funnier than you would imagine. Uh, not a great movie, but if you go in with low expectations like I did, you will be pleasantly surprised. Nice. Wait, active. Uh, let's face it, I probably won't ever <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, if it's on, don't turn it off. What's your number four? My number four is um, Mad Max. Okay, the original? Yeah. uh, I think there's another. He's in, like, two or three of them, isn't he? Yeah, the first three. Yeah. uh, I think one of the others I've seen, and it was all right. But uh, you got to give it to the original. It's iconic. Um, I can't remember if I rewatched this or not before we watched Mad Max, but it's fairly good. I don't like it as much as like other people do. Me either. I watched the first two before we saw uh, the new one, and yeah, they have their merits. They're definitely original for their time. But yeah, I thought they were overrated. Not bad, but just overrated. Agreed. All right, my number four is another war movie. It's We Were Soldiers. This nice. is a... Uh, is it the Vietnam War, correct? Yes. And, um... Yeah, I saw this in theaters, and I remember... I mean, to be fair, I haven't rewatched it since, but, uh... remember thinking it was pretty great, actually, and gruesome. Like, isn't there a it scene is, where the leg, yeah. guy's leg gets pulled off or something? Yeah, uh, for me personally, this is one of the best war movies. Or no, that's Saving Private Ryan, but it has a similar type shocking... uh, Yeah, it's like Napalm gets dropped on them because it's so close. Sort of like Platoon in a way, but not... It's like actually happened. And they're trying to pick a guy up to medevac him and his legs just like peel off. That's right, yeah. Yeah, pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. I think we all saw this together, right? Yeah, I believe so. I forgot so. I saw this in the movies. The only thing I remember is it being so long that I had to pee so bad that <laughs> I was yeah. worried they wouldn't let me in because it was, like, rated R. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, the, again, I don't I don't think he directed it, but I should have double-checked on that, but it's 
kind of similar to Hacksaw Ridge, where the war scenes are like surprisingly gory and graphic. Yeah, I think he's got a credit on it, but I don't think it's director. Okay. But yeah, um, I don't remember much other than just how I felt when I was watching it or after I watched it. But and if I rewatched, still on my list, a little higher up. Okay. I'll talk about yeah, it. yeah. I'll All explain right, cool. it a little more. There you go. Your number three. My number three is The Patriot. Oh, um, okay. This is a movie that I've seen the beginning of at least 30 times. <laughs> yeah. It took me a long time to finish it. This is also another movie I think is a little bit overrated. I agree. But I do like it. I, I like him in it. I think for some reason he just looks like it could be from that age for some reason. Is it Heath Ledger is his son? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very overrated, too. But um, it's a raw and enjoyable movie, I think. I mean, if you've never seen it, it's worth the watch. I don't know how much it's worth the rewatch. But. Yeah. It's like one of his two big genres, right? He's he's either in like the late 80s, early 90s, pure action flick, or the epic like period, yeah, period piece. Yeah, kind of phones it in a bit, but... Whatever. He's trying to make Braveheart for a different time period. Basically. It's one of those one. It's an above average, like average movie. <laughs> it's better than The Postman. I'll give it that. Yeah. Kevin Costner ain't got nothing on the mill. <laughs> <laughs> but my number three is one of those early '90s action movies. It's Ransom. Ah, oh, I don't know if I've seen this. Give me I back my have. son. Uh, it's a uh, cheesy. It's probably a little cheesy if we if I rewatched it, but I remember thinking it was pretty good. Uh, just one of the better versions of the, that early '90s, like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone type uh, cliffhanger. It's in the same time period. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I just remember liking it quite a bit at the time. And again, this is the story with me and Mel Gibson. I haven't rewatched it in a long time, but just remember thinking, like, how scary it would be for someone's son or daughter or kid in general to be kidnapped and held for ransom. And and yeah, you don't want to follow the police instructions where it's like just sit back and all that. And so he try he goes out on his own to try to get him back. And it's a good little action movie from what I remember. And my number two Mel Gibson movie of all time is Braveheart. Yeah. Freedom! <laughs> That's my number two as well. It's, when you really think about it, that end part is like so cheesy. But when you actually watch the movie, you're like, that is the most like, gangster thing of all time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rip but, off your head and shit down your throat. Is that in the movie? Yeah, I think so. Something along those lines. I know what they really did to him is they cut him in pieces and sent different pieces of him to different areas and shit. And it's headed yeah. back to London or something. And this is another movie I actually think is a little overrated, but it is pretty great. Yeah, um, like, for the time, it's incredible, but it's one of those movies that with age, uh, its faults show a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But epic action movies, I mean... Yeah, scenes, and it's a genre scenes. that's not really... Or not genre, but time period that's not really touched too much. That In that particular area. Yeah, so. the battles. I have like to think... And all that. 
You have to think that Lord of the Rings took a little bit from these epic battles. Because oh, for sure. It's kind of similar where two big groups are standing away from each other and then charging towards each other. Blah, 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 blah. I'm uh, slurring my speech a little bit. but uh, Yeah, it's it, pretty good. It's very long. Very. <laughs> I actually, I think I own this one on Blu-ray. Nice, yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't buy a whole lot, so... Great hair by Mel in this movie too. Yeah, I, flowing. I don't know. This movie's just so iconic. Even if you don't like it, you sort of got to give it the nod, you know. But. Yeah, true. I agree. That's why it's my number two. <laughs> Your right. number one. Number one is, as I said before, this was on my list. We were soldiers. All right, cool. Maybe you can explain to me why I like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I believe, I don't know if this is our first, like, actual, uh, we were in Vietnam supporting Vietnam, like, not really engaging in the enemy for a while, and before all that happened, uh, the French controlled Vietnam, and they got pretty much massacred by the, the Communist Party, they sort of split off, it was more towards North Vietnam, so, uh, what this is all about is the fact that they started using helicopters as the cavalry units in Vietnam. Right, yes. And it goes through the training, which is a fairly good training sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially even for, like, how long this movie is. Like, it doesn't really take away or anything. And what this movie does really well that most movies don't is it balances the whole how they're trying to show like the love between him and his wife and his family. And then they also flash back to like what his wife is doing at the army base while it's all going on. Um, they do that really well in this movie. It's, uh, probably one of the things that puts it above a little bit, but it's also very accurate in the battle scenes and all that. The special effects are far none. It's, it's the saving private Ryan of, the Vietnam era. Yeah. But the whole mission is like the, one of the first major offensive offensives in the, what became the Vietnam war. And I, I don't know if it was meant to be that. I think they got dropped off. Basically what they did in Vietnam was they got dropped off. You go from point A to point B and we'll pick you up. And it was about number of kills rather than territory gained. So they go to this mountain, and what ends up happening is there's a whole, whatever the, a real, like a whole battalion. There's like 3,000 soldiers, and they weren't ready for that. Yeah. And it's it's really long. It's all, it's like two days, I think. Like a day, a night, and a day. The movie? Yeah, like the whole <laughs> battle. The runtime is two days long. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> But I don't know. It's the whole movie's incredible, though. It's just, it's, it's just got so much. There's so much going on. And like towards the end of the movie, there's um, I forget what the actor's name is. I think he's a sniper from Save Private Ryan. He's a journalist. Yes, Barry Pepper. And that ends up being like one of the cooler parts of the movies. And that might be like the last quarter of the movie that he really. I think a little earlier on he asks. Mel Gibson if he can come along or something like that 
and he says okay but other than that he's like pretty late addition and i don't know it's just all these pieces work and it's presented really well it's it's top notch yeah one of the best better war movies i've ever seen underrated for sure for sure i don't know why this isn't this should be at least top five best war movies ever made wow yeah there's been a lot of good ones yeah for sure but uh, my number Plus one. Plus, I give kudos for sorry. Being no, go ahead, go ahead. And not World War Two. Yeah, that's true. That's true. As we get pumped for the World War Two Dunkirk coming out uh, in a few months. Excited. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like what happened to World War One. That never gets any uh, any any love. Yeah, I know. Must not have been super exciting. I think what happened was. World War One would probably be visually stunning, but I don't think like the lines never changed more than a few miles. Okay. For almost all the offensives, so it's just like a total stalemate until the end, and someone just gave up. I don't know. They don't teach you much about World War One, American no. high school. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Um, teach you why it starts and then a lot of people die yeah and we won I guess to Victor's skirt to spoils my number one is Lethal Weapon wow yeah I guess it's the franchise as a whole but really it's the first one Um, I think it's clearly the best I think it's actually one of the best if not the best buddy cop movie buddy action movie um at least that i've seen but i feel like it's not obviously not up there with die hard but closer to that realm than not and i like the uh one the eddie murphy cop movie again because it's a buddy cop movie beverly hills cop yeah i don't think i've ever seen any of them but pretty good actually yeah i've heard pretty good things about it but the franchise as a whole, I actually think, is underrated Lethal Weapon. Because certainly, as it goes on, it gets a little bit worse, for sure. But I still enjoyed 3 and 4, even though they're nowhere near as good as the first two. Like, the fourth one has Jet Li as the, the bad guy, and it's a little over the top, but had fun. Yeah, I think had fun I like it. 3. Yeah. I think I used to own 3 or something. Yeah, it's just the fun movies. Nothing, I mean, the first one, clearly the best. The rest of them, nothing to get too excited about, but certainly fun little action movies, which you don't see as much, nearly as much anymore. No. This is like they the, all uh, try to take themselves so serious now that if they don't hit the mark, they're so goofy, really. Yeah, superhero movies kind of push this kind of movie into the background. but Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Because these were our superheroes growing up. Uh, but yeah, my only honorable mention is Apocalypto, which Mel Gibson directed. I also have it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why I have it on my list, but a lot of people like Signs a lot. I didn't particularly like the movie though. Me either. I think it's way overrated. Yeah. I see. Good. That's no honorable mention for Signs. <laughs> nope, not for me either. <laughs> and I also have. Passion with the question mark because I've never seen it. 
Oh, Passion of the Christ? Yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. it either. We're like uh, lockstep with Mel Gibson here. Yeah, I don't really have... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's for me. And it's past the moment now. I mean, like... Yeah, I remember when it came out, all these people were like, I cried and like all this stuff. Yeah, just, and you had like the boycotts, and which only made more people want to see it. And, yep. I mean, I'm not against watching it. I'm sure it's has merit of some kind, but... Oh, yeah, for sure. I just, yeah, it doesn't really interest me too much. So, no, I don't mention professional request either. Nope. <laughs> Anything else? Because I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. Well, we could talk about what else we watched. I watched... All right, so I was telling you how Sam went out of state for a couple days and I took advantage of that by watching eight movies in two days so <laughs> I guess I could talk about them alright first up The Edge of Seventeen which is a like a teen sex comedy You're, yeah, I've actually heard of this yeah and it's about this girl who's kind of an asshole who's kind of just not a nice person and she has her best friend, and that's about it. Her dad died when she was probably four or five years earlier. And ever since then, their family life has kind of been a mess where her mom is, like, can't handle taking care of them, her and her brother. And her brother, like, is this popular jock. She doesn't get along with him, and she's, like, this person with their friends and whatever. Um but it's actually very, very good. It's, um, I was trying to think of this. It might be, unless I'm forgetting something, uh, the best teen sex comedy, which is a surprisingly like popular genre, since Superbad, hmm. which, which is like 10 years ago. So, Wow, really? Yeah. But yeah, it's like not, not as good as Superbad, but it's like very very good it's very funny and it's really well made uh it's it's like a uh it's like trying to be uh what's the guy hughes not howard hughes um uh you know the guy who made 16 candles breakfast club oh uh, yeah 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 uh, oh. i want to keep saying patrick hughes or howard hughes but Hold on, i got oh, i got it yeah look that up but um Woody Harrelson is in the movie as, like, her favorite slash least favorite. John Hughes. John Hughes. There it is. <laughs> John. How did I not know that? John. Yeah. yeah but, just guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Woody Harrelson plays, like, the role model slash teacher who she constantly talking shit to but is kind of the, like, shoulder to lean on at the same time. He's pretty great in the movie. And her brother is played by Blake Jenner, who's the main character in Everybody Wants Some, which was one of my favorite movies from last year. And he's great again here. Like, this guy, I'd never really heard much about him or seen him until Everybody Wants Some last year. But with that and this, like, he's on the radar for me. And the, the main actress is the girl from True Grit. <laughs> um, Haley Steinfeld. She's also, like, a musician like a pop star musician i think she had oh, a cd really? or something yeah she's really good uh the girl that plays her friend is really good like the acting's great 
Yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie to anybody if you're in the mood for a R-rated teen high school like comedy. This is for everybody, even if by the title and the poster it doesn't seem like it's going to be that great. It it is. It's really good. Nice. Let's see. I also watched Patterson. This is the Jim Jarmusch movie uh, with Adam Driver as the main character, Patterson. It's been getting was getting a lot of good reviews at the end of last year, and wasn't up for any awards, but it probably should have been because I kind of loved it. It's um, a simple, quiet, very quiet movie. I don't think there's a score behind it at all. Uh, about a poet. Or a bus driver in Patterson, New Jersey, who also writes poetry. And it's like, has this cool style where he'll be writing a poem and the words will come up on screen as he's reading it and writing it. And uh, I'm not into poetry whatsoever. Like, I have no idea if this is good poetry, bad poetry, like did nothing for me. But it was kind of besides the point. The movie's more about... Which I feel like I can relate to, obviously, to a, a much lesser extent. But just someone who's has a blue-collar job, goes about their their business, and just has a creative passion that they have to do, even though they're not putting it out in the world. It's only for himself. Like, and I feel like that's kind of what uh, I'm all about. Like, I'm just a mailman doing my job, come home, do the podcast, write about stuff. Not many people watching, or I mean listening or reading, but just feel like I gotta get it out of myself just to just to do it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people can re- relate to that. Yeah, and, I definitely can. Like, you, like I'm sure with you and your art, right? Your, your drawings and stuff. Like, you're not doing it to be famous artists, I don't think, right? No, it's more and, just like uh, actually, I have a hard time like when people just like casually ask me to draw them something like there's almost something to that that puts me off yeah, like, yeah subconsciously that I'm not doing it like on my own yeah because for me it's like if I don't have something creative to think about and occupy my mind or look forward to in a way like I need that outlet or else I'm just like going through the motions of life work home sleep work yeah, home, sleep. Yeah, you need that like pressure release yeah whatever it is and it's more than just watching movies and stuff like that i need i don't know i don't know if yeah that... i find different ways to get it out of me yeah and also being creative is like kind of exhausting sometimes so sometimes you like want to be creative and it's like yeah you, know, you get blocks you know what i mean absolutely yeah for sure, and yeah, but this movie, it's not for everybody. I think a lot of people would think it's boring, very boring, but I connected with it, and it's there's like no plot to it whatsoever. It's more just like a character study. Um, I would give it a heavy 8.5 out of 10. The only thing I don't relate to in the movie is that like he is dating this girl, living with this girl, and their relationship is like so nice. They're both just so pleasant and nice to each other. And, yeah, I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, which I obviously love my wife, get along with her. But that how we get along is way different than how they get along. We kind of, like, bicker at each other to get along. And that's us getting along. 
but yeah, I guess every relationship has their own ways of of getting through the days. And maybe they haven't been together that long. But yeah, did you watch yeah. anything before I go on? Yeah, um, go on one more. I'm kind of getting my thoughts together a little bit more. Okay. All right, let's see. I also watched The Fits, which is a indie movie that came out. It was actually at the film festivals, I think, at the end of 2015, but got a small release in 2016. It's the story of a young black girl who is a boxer. She's like, looks like she's training, oh, I've heard of this. training with uh, her brother in a high school boxing ring and she's like really fit she does jumping jacks she does all the stuff she's tough as nails tomboy type thing and then she sees these girls doing step squat i guess in the gymnasium and kind of wants to do that too but she's too stiff she's more used to like the athletic thing and this is a different animal altogether and it's just basically her trying to become a part of this dance team and learn the moves and also there's kind of this supernatural immersed element to the movie where the girls on the dance squad, one after another, start having these fits, hence the title, where they kind of just have a seizure and spaz up and like have these scary things happen to them where they have to be rushed to the hospital and then they're okay after that. And it's a clear metaphor for, like I guess, puberty or coming into your own type thing for women and uh but it's really well made it's really well done it's an another quiet movie with not a ton of plot more just like a character study or just like a a, a mood piece almost like i and this was a this woman anna rose uh hosmer homeser or something like that uh her directorial debut and it's very impressive it's incredibly well shot has a great sound design and score uh really good acting for a young cast that it has and yeah i think it's a underrated underseen movie that deserves more eyeballs on it i'd uh, give it a solid eight out of ten wow yeah really really good i also watched a movie by director john carney who directed once and Sing Street, which just came out last year, which I've talked about a lot about how much I liked. But uh, his middle movie, uh, Begin Again, I never actually saw because I'd heard such bad things about it, uh, which is surprising considering how much I like Once and also Sing Street. But, yeah, the people aren't wrong. <laughs> this is a, a very similar movie to the kind of stuff he makes. It's a, a romantic musical of sorts. This was Mark Ruffalo as a struggling uh, production guy who signs bands and stuff and he's having a hard time <laughs> so you could tell because he let his beard grow out and he's kind of getting divorced from his wife but and then there's this uh, girl played by Kira Knightley who was girlfriend with Adam Levine's uh, folk singer pop star uh, this guy who's on his way up the charts he cheats on her they break up and these two people hook up together make a record and it's kind of a feel-good story and the music is not bad um but it's very it doesn't feel anything like his other movies uh his other movies feel kind of heightened but realistic in a certain way this feels very 
glossy, very Hollywood, very uh, like the machine chewed him up and spit him out. And uh, it's kind of corny. It's kind of cheesy. There's a scene where Mark Ruffalo's character envisions. Uh, all right. So Kiera Knightley's playing just acoustic guitar on stage by herself. And he's watching her. And he starts to envision like production that would make this song really pop. So <laughs> all of a sudden the... The drums start playing by themselves, and the violin is going with the the orchestra type stuff, and it's very very cheesy. Uh, could have been so much better handled, but uh, maybe the movie's not as bad as I had heard some people say it was. But it's definitely a big step down from his other two films, so you can pass on it if you were like me and never actually watched it. I would give it a five and a half out of ten. And I also watched a movie called Miss Stevens which was an indie movie from 2016, just last year, about a teacher, Miss Stevens, who decides or agrees to take these three students from her class to a drama contest, a uh, acting competition uh, on a weekend trip. And it, it turns into a road trip movie with her and these three kids. And it's it's kind of interesting. It... uh. They start off, obviously, teacher-student dynamic, and slowly, as they go on the trip, the that illusion kind of wears off a little bit, just because uh, they're not at school, she's being more herself, and they start to see her more as just a normal adult, and it's just uh, interesting how the dynamic between these people go over the weekend, and the one kid, the main kid, uh, Billy, he has some kind of mental issues like a depression or anxiety type thing but he's the most talented of the bunch and him and her have this weird relationship that that kind of it kind of works for what the movie is going for um this movie is not a must-see but it's a pleasant enough watch decent little movie uh if it's if it sounds up your alley it, it it's probably you'll probably like it, but it's definitely not one I would say that everyone should go out and watch. I'd give it a seven out of ten, but it's not bad at all. And actually, I'm going to cut in here. We're going to have to cut this episode short because of technical difficulties. I've lost Joel. Uh, his computer kind of crapped out on him, and we're going to have to say to be continued with the rest of the stuff we had said we were going to talk about. We're going to do a little video game segment in the next episode where we talk about. I bought a PlayStation 4 and uh, starting to get more into the back into video games again after a, a long time off. It's a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, we're also going to talk about some other stuff we watched on the next episode. Go over the Super Bowl commercials. We didn't do that yet. We will definitely get to that on the next one. Um, and I think our next episode will be a review of The Birth of a Nation. So stay tuned for that in our top five revolution movies or rebellion movies jesus okay uh but anyway you can email the podcast at the redbox report at yahoo.com follow us on twitter at the redbox report i'm on twitter at the oil report joel's on twitter at redbox reporter like us on facebook subscribe rate and review the podcast on itunes if you wouldn't mind and we will see you next time thanks for listening but I tried to make it Sunday But I got so damn depressed That I 
set my sights on Monday And I got myself undressed I ain't ready for the altar But I do agree there's times When a woman sure can be a friend of mine But I keep on thinking about you Sister Golden Hair Surprise Yeah.